jumped from, like, I think my assessed value for the last few years was somewhere around $45,000. And this year it jumped um, to over $100,000. Oof, that much of a jump, you can't plan for that. Like, nobody gets a raise that big. Hello, welcome to another edition of 41 Files, the first edition of 41 Files to be recorded in the 41 Action News newsroom and not our podcast studio. Yeah. So it's a whole different vibe in this particular recording. Stephen Dial literally has his feet on a desk literally. in his room. Yeah. I'm embracing it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah. Uh, we've got lots to talk about today. I'm Taylor Hemnes from 41 Action News Today, joined by uh, digital digital director Sam Hartle. Mm. He is now Dang. our digital media director, it's, Sam he's Hartle. He's all promoted. It's, it's, it's not official. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the business card yet. But uh, you got the office. He has so the office. The, I'm slowly moving into the office. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 41 Action News reporter Sarah Plake. Hi, Sarah. Hey, guys. <laughs> did you know her name is spelled with an H? I did. Mm -hmm. Mm. It's a silent H. And 41 yeah. Action News reporter Stephen Dial, who, as, as we mentioned earlier, has his feet on a desk and is leaned back right now. I really like this approach here. I, I, do too. I think it's nice. Do you feel like it's going to improve your contributions to the podcast? Because yeah. the last one we well, did, Mike, you literally walked out. So <laughs> I did walk out in a really brief PSA, really brief announcement. Hello, everyone on the pod. Uh, as a embedded Blues fan here in Kansas City, this is a wonderful day following oh the Stanley Cup victory for the St. Louis Blues. So, play Gloria, uh -huh. all of you listening to this. That was 41 Action Thank News producer John. Was that, was that really your PSA? I thought you were going to go this, somewhere else. He gave this me a dollar to do that. Really, <laughs> might be the first and last of these recorded in the newsroom. I feel like we're in the midst we're of history. We're just letting everybody get on this right podcast. now. Yeah. Uh, so we've got a lot to talk about today. You heard the soundbite there uh, talking about Jackson County property assessments. We'll get to that in a little bit because Sarah's been focusing on that quite a bit. But we had a couple of breaking news items come down in the 41 Action News newsroom this morning that we've been following. We're recording this on Thursday, the 13th, right? I believe. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So this morning we had two items come down, and we'll talk about those to start our podcast today. The first is Slitterbond that we've been talking about now for years after the uh, death of a young boy there out at the park caused all kinds of changes, obviously uh, a lot of pain for one family and for families all over Kansas City dealing with what could have happened and, and the, the, in, the situation there. Now we're moving forward on what the future is for this park. And Stephen Dial, we're hearing this morning that this property, along with uh, two Schlitterbahn properties in Texas, two massive properties in Texas, uh, have been purchased. Yes. So the same company that owns Worlds of Fun here in our area. And Oceans of Fun. Correct. They bought uh, basically the two properties, Schlitterbahn-owned properties in Texas, and they have the option of paying for the KCK property, the property that we've been talking about mm -hmm. for, for some time now. Um, you know, right now, as all accounts show that that Park will not open. It's closed. Right. Uh, a big impact to the Legends area this summer. Um, and so really the everyone's wondering now, okay, they bought the Texas properties, but are they willing to reinvest in a troubled property here in our area? And just troubled is to say it. Tru way. Yeah, troubled is a, yeah. a very um, easy way to, or not easy, but uh, kind of simple way to put that because there's a lot more to it. Um, there's a situation, just to kind of put in perspective here on the purchases, if you're not familiar with the two parks in Texas, they are large, large water parks, especially the one in New Braunfels, mm -hmm. kind of the original Slitterbond, and the other properties in Galveston. The purchase price by this company was $261 million for the two of those combined. To put it in perspective, their option to buy the KC Cake property is $6 million, in which when I first read that it's, it's the property in 40 acres, 
it does not seem like a large amount potentially to to do whatever they want if they choose to buy that piece of property, Stephen. And I think it's a matter of do they want to be, I mean, they are already in a way, but do they want to be associated with trying to revive an area where some people after what happened said, I'm just not going to come back here, period. Sure. And so it's a matter of what type of calculated risk is the company willing to take? Well, yeah, you'd have to be very clear and open and transparent about your inspections that you're doing and making sure that you are making it safe for children and families to come there every day. Um, because obviously they're going to, on top of it, it's about money too. They're, they're going to want to recoup the the losses. Uh, the UG is, Wyandotte County is, because we've got a whole summer where nothing's going to happen in that spot. I mean, that part got a lot of incentives. <laughs> has it been open at all since Caleb Schwab died? In 2016? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has yes. been open for a little while. The, I mean, obviously, the slide came down just this last few months, but the park was open in the months after yep. Caleb Schwab mm -hmm. was killed. Um, but, Sarah, you've been out there in the last couple of months when, as we've kind of followed up on this. What's what's the property look like right now? I mean, it's kind of desolate right it's now. It's a right? ghost town. Yeah. I mean, it was a, a it was a couple months ago, I think, that we did the story, and we're like, well, they're not advertising any positions. Yeah. Um, they've put out no no marketing, no commercials, nothing. Is it even going to open? And so, I mean, they didn't say one way or the other, but when you go up to the parking lot and it's a ghost town, I mean, there's no one there. They're not hiring nothing. So mm -hmm. it was pretty clear to us, even though they didn't say yes or no, they're not opening Right. as Schlitterbahn. And I, I, I'm curious about the, the competition aspect because this is, after all, a business decision being made. This is a, a company that already owns one water park in the Kansas City area. Oceans of Fun is owned and operated by this company. Obviously, it's not going to be competing if they buy the other one because all the money's going towards that same spot. But it's it's interesting the decision making process. Hey, we already have one water park in one area. Do we need two? It it feels like it's if they choose to buy this again for a relatively meager sounding six million dollars. It sounds like they have really all options on the table if they want to clean it off and put something else there, potentially a different kind of park, and maybe change from from whatever they want to do. Well, I think the the other thing is, you know, Schlitterbahn was always kind of built as this regional destination. So people from Iowa, uh, Missouri, uh, Western Kansas, Colorado, Nebraska, you name it, Arkansas would come as more of a regional attraction. Uh, and then Oceans of Fun was more of the, you know, if you were a Kansas City resident, you would go there. Right. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm as part of that, I'm wondering if they kind of maintain that distinction or if they just start from ground zero out there. So the other piece of breaking news that came out this morning was the um, – obviously, we'll continue to follow what's going on with Schlitterbahn, but that's that's the latest this morning. just came into our newsroom this morning about the uh, potential sale of that. Uh, but the other piece of breaking news this morning was a decision from the USDA about two new agencies – not new agencies, but two agencies relocating to the Kansas City area and uh, potentially providing hundreds of jobs here. Stephen, what's coming to Kansas City? Well, this has been – basically swarming every news department's email because this was a joint effort between Kansas and Missouri, both governors of both states, all of the legislative delegation uh, in Congress in Kansas and Missouri, Republicans and Democrats, they all worked together to pitch this area as uh, the best bang for USDA and the federal government's buck coming here. And out of more than 35 cities, Kansas City was a finalist, and Kansas City was awarded that. Like you mentioned, two agencies moving here, the USDA Secretary of Agriculture, Sonny Perdue, saying that uh, they offered about $26 million in relocation 
um, incentive packages because these people have been working in other areas. Uh, they are expecting more than 400 people to be relocated here, but they also will hire some people locally. So every legislator in Congress is touting this as a huge win for the area, more people moving to the city. Stephen, so the, the two relocation um, agencies, or I guess departments, is the uh, USDA's Economic Research Service and then the National Institute of Food and Agriculture. What do those two things do? So, and a lot of people just see, oh, USDA is moving a location here. So one is really, um, a lot of lawmakers have sold it as, this is the, uh, Emmanuel Cleaver said at one time, this is the breadbasket of the United States. You know, uh, a lot of our areas are, are in the top 10 for soy and corn and things like that. And so they think, why not have your research institute and facilities where you're sending people out to our area already to talk to farmers, to try to advance technology. Why not just already have that here? And so that has been the biggest selling point about moving here. We saw tweets this morning from uh, Governor Parson thanking both the president's administration and thanking Sonny Perdue. You heard Stephen mention it there about uh, that decision coming in. We reported on this. Let's see. I'm looking at the line on this last month, early last month, talking about the other finalists for this position other than Kansas City area. The two other bids were multiple locations in Indiana and the Research Triangle region in North Carolina were the other two finalists in this situation. Um, do we have a timeline of, of when this is going to, I mean, obviously the jobs is the big deal. What's the timeline on when this is going to be filled? Yeah, so the government is trying to move as fast as possible, already um, having those packages, incentive packages already in place. Uh, the biggest thing is the location. I was going to say, do they have so to build build places for these people to work, or is this they're looking at something that already exists? Yeah, so we have some source information talking about some possible locations uh, on both sides of the state line, some talking about possibly near Crown Center, others talking about near the where the new American Royal Campus will go mm -hmm. in KCK, so a lot of other issues. So I'm about to talk to Senator Pat Roberts right now, so I'm okay. going to let y'all talk. Steven's stepping off the podcast for the second consecutive 41 files. He's walking away. Um, he did come back last week, though. Yeah. Did he? At the very end. At the very No, he the, you're right, at the very end, because he came back in to talk about once the Tyree, we the Tyree Kill done, yeah. uh, situation and what was going on with there. So uh, I will appreciate that he's walking away to work. Um, right, yeah. but just barely. Uh, someone who's been doing a lot of work lately, and that's we're going to switch to our main topic now, is Sarah Plake, and that was the soundbite you heard there at the top of 41 Action News about Jackson County property assessments. Uh, oh, yeah. We were talking about this um, following up on your story this morning on 41 Action News today, discussing how there are some Jackson County residents who've seen double, and in some cases triple, property tax assessments here. Um, what's this What's this feel like from people when they get this bill in the mail? And I, I know there will be people listening to this who've had this happen before, maybe even in other counties. I mean, I live in Johnson County, Kansas, and mine has gone up just from year to year. What's what's the sticker shock like? It's shock and anger and um, and, and really with people, people are like, well, I, I, I did nothing to my property. And right. why is it being tripled? And in one guy's, um, one property developer's case, quadrupled. Um, and so people are really mad about it. I mean, to be honest, they're pissed and I would be too. You know, I think any of us would, uh, if you open something up and you're like, wait a minute, how is this happening to me? And what kind of burden is this going to have on the way I need to budget my money? Um, and, and, and a big thing is, you know, there are, there are a lot of people who live, um, uh, I, I hate this saying, but east of truest. And right. I, I, I don't really like that term, but really though, that's, that's where a lot of people are seeing the effect is uh, Truce Plateau, Truce Wood, um, those neighborhoods where a lot of people have been in their houses for decades and they're on a fixed income. And if 
you know, say they lose their appeal, so to speak, um, or don't even appeal it at all, um, and they might have to take on additional costs. I mean, what they're on a fixed income, fifty dollars more could sure. could break somebody. That means something. That me it really means something. So. Um, you know, when they see that their that their assessments have doubled, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to pay double the taxes, but it it it, it will increase. Right. And so there are people who even own uh, apartment buildings, or they'll rent out a space to people, and they're like, "Well, I'm going to have to raise my rents on these people. What are they going to What are they going to do?" So. Uh, again, I, I will, and we'll talk about more of this here at the end of the podcast. But a reminder: we are in the Forty One Action News newsroom this time around. That's why you're hearing more sounds, more ambient noise. We have our mobile podcast <laughs> box, basically, and Sam's going to tell us more about that here in a minute when we we continue talking about that subject. But I want to ask you one more thing because we've we've obviously had stories on this for now a couple of days. But there was one soundbite that stuck out to me a couple of mornings ago on Forty One Action News today, from and I don't know if it was from your story or from someone else's, where someone said no raise is going to cover that. And you're talking about you're not going to make that much more money year to year, potentially, yeah. for, as to, to match the, the new amount of taxes. And again, you're not saying what you're paying necessarily, it's going to be this much more out of your pocket because this, but it doesn't necessarily match up with what people are making from their jobs sometimes. Yeah, people are like, you can't plan for this kind of a jump. Right. I don't get a raise like that a year, so what am I going to do? Um, so we had asked the the assessor's office, you know, what can people do? Um, why is this happening? Right, she so said, why is the big why? question. Um, we wanted to know, you know, why are places like, you know, Truce Plateau, where maybe they haven't done a lot of stuff to their property, why, why are they seeing an increase? Well, it's because a lot of places have gone way undervalued for so long. Um, a lot of times um, you'll see hikes in places that are getting that revitalization. So again, over on the east side, there are some places in pockets where um, y uh, people have started you know, really renovating their houses and things. Um, but further, we wanted to know, okay, so why did the county undervalue all so of these houses for so, for so long? Yeah. And we still haven't been able to get an answer to that. We, we don't know why, because there's been a turnover with the director of assessments. Um, Just in the last five or six years, right? Basically, yeah, because um, th this new director now, she's only been in her position for less than a year. Um, so I would assume that there is quite a turnover <laughs> in that position. Uh, the, the thing I always wonder, and, and Taylor, as a fellow Johnson County homeowner, mm -hmm. you know, we've both gone through this um, a little bit. And Just recently. And, and the context is always people get their, their appraised value of their home, and they're like, we could never sell our home for that. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so uh, one of the people that you talked to, Sarah, on Monday um, said her house jumped from 45000 I think, to uh, more than $100,000. Um, I don't yes. know if, if, in, if in your conversation um, she was like – being able to sell that uh, for that price? No. And uh, the same thing, um, a guy that lives along the Paseo or uh, whatever that's... Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. John, yes, that's, for now. that street. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, his house jumped from like 78 to, you know, like 200 or something like wow. that. And he's like, I don't think anyone's going to buy my house for that much. He's like, hey, if somebody's going to come in and buy my house for over 200K, come on in. I might sell my house. But nobody's going to buy it for that much. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, even uh, real estate people are scratching their heads. Um, the assessor's office has said, you know, the, the housing market is hot. It is up right now. Mm -hmm. um, this is why we're seeing this. But, you know, at the same time, somebody living in, say, uh, and this was an example I was given, somebody living in a $200,000 house should not have to pay the kind of uh, taxes that a million-dollar house would. Right. Because you think about these homes sometimes, like a block over, there's going to be, like, huge houses. and But that doesn't mean 
you know, I shouldn't be associated with that. Right. Even though it's the same quote unquote neighborhood. Right. It's yeah. not the same house is yeah. what it boils down to. So, but you can appeal. Um, I was going to ask, there's a whole process of oh, what people yeah. can do. So it's an informal review uh, request. And so it's, uh, that's due June 24th, which is in a, you know, a couple weeks. And, uh, and so if you're still not satisfied with that, you can go toward the, you can go before the board of equalization. And then after that, you can still continue. So that's you, a week from Monday, this coming oh, Monday. Oh yeah. A so week. a week from this, from <laughs> yeah. this Monday. So a week and a half away. Yeah. Um, so if you want to try and get your, uh, you know, your appeal in, you need to do it. And then after that, you can continue on. But we yeah. had a, we had a story too about uh, an attorney we spoke with that I thought raised a really good point that to be prepared for this and get your documents in order. And because they, he said, just because you don't like it is not enough reason that it's going to exactly. get switched. So you need to. Um, another thing you can do is go hit up a, a real estate agent in your neighborhood um, who knows the area. You can look at how much houses have been sold for, how much they've been um, appraised at. Mm-hmm. You can get comps. You can uh, you know talk to. Talk to whoever you need to talk to, like real estate agent, somebody who helped you out buying your house. Um, you can pay for appraisal on your house, right? right. Did you you can that? bring in an, a, an independent appraiser. That costs money too, though. Right. But I mean, you should start with what what is my house appraised at? What documents do I have? And ask for some help uh, to get some comps. Right. Yeah. Sarah, I wanted to ask real quick. In your reporting, did you find obviously uh, on Monday you were in the Truce Plateau neighborhood? Yes. Did you find that? That different parts of, of the city had, or I guess the county, had different uh, levels of increase, or is that data available, or what that what's that picture look like? Well, we asked for it, but they couldn't provide it to us. So they all they told us was that, um, you know, it, these increases are scattered. They're scattered across the county. They couldn't really tell us where exactly is is the highest, um, but that again, you you might see some large hikes in areas that have seen recent renovation. So. Um, but you know, and this was kind of um, it, it brought up some memories um, of something that happened in 2013. I don't know if this is exactly the same situation, but a computer model really skewed all of the assessments in 2013. Um, 58,000 people got inflated assessments, right. and they had to go back and double check 18,000 of them. Um, it was a computer model, and they still use a computer model today. I'm not saying the, the two things are exactly the same, but um, this is the what model the, is still the model being, is still there. Yeah. That's what's being used. So I'm just wondering what's going to come out of this year. Yeah. Something that I, I Kevin Holmes, Kevin, can you hear me? Kevin Holmes just walked in. Kevin, I, because I want to I want to bring Kevin in for a second because this is another thing we get to do because it's Forty One Action News Newsroom. We don't ever get to do this. Was not on the agenda, but I want to ask you about because last night hi. we hosted. Hi, Kevin. <laughs> last night we hosted the uh, mayoral forum for Kansas City Mayor's race, and I want to ask you about that briefly because you and Krista Dubill moderated that. What do you take away from the forum last night? Either the way that they. Uh, answer the questions, the way they interacted, how people responded to them. What do you take away from the forum last well, night? Well, I think the first thing that stood out to me, you can tell this definitely is not their first rodeo. I mean, by this time, they've had several forums, several debates. So More than a dozen, familiar. right? They've done at these. Yes, certainly, yeah. certainly. And while this was the last public one, they were certainly familiar with some of the ground that we covered in terms of infrastructure, crime, safety, making sure this airport opens up on time. Uh, after talking with many of the people who were in attendance, because there were more than 500 people there, really didn't sway their opinions. Now, that, that's what kind of shocked me more than anything. Those folks who came in and they were Team Jolie, they left Team Jolie even more reinforced, and the same with those who were in support of Quentin Lucas. I think those were uh, some of the major takeaways that I gathered. Kevin, so does that mean that I mean, this was the 12th of the 13th debates, the 13th is, is tonight. Does that mean that, that the purpose of these debates? No. Uh, 
Or what do you think? I no, because uh, you know, according to that most recent poll I saw, there were still 19 percent of people undecided. I think this this race right now, there's only three or four percentage points that separate the two, and with 19 percent folks undecided, it can still sway in either direction. So I think this is beneficial to many of those people. I would venture to guess many of those people of, among the 19 percent were those who either watched via TV, via social media, they really weren't in attendance to kind of throw their support. I was going to ask, did you could you get a, a vibe of the room of oh, you certainly. feel you feel like most of the people there were already decided on certainly, who they're going to vote certainly. for. Certainly, and this, either, this, this just reinforced who they support. I think, I think some of the questions that the audience uh, submitted were, were questions that one particular side had for the opposing candidate to try and trip them up. Is, is, I don't know if, uh, if Stephen has a thought on that, but that's kind of what my, I gathered from last night. A well, bit. and I'll, speaking of questions and answers, too, I'll ask this, too, because, of course, the KC Stars uh, editorial board gave their endorsement this week and endorsed Quentin Lucas. And if you read that editorial, part of the reason is because they, they seem to say that Quentin gives more direct answers on some things. And they seem part of their reasoning was even on, quote, unquote, smaller topics, Jolie has more of a broad, well, we're going to bring together a coalition of people and we're going to talk about this and consider all points where Quentin has more of a direct answer, whether you like it or not, situation. After listening to them for an hour talk last night, do you do you get that vibe at all, Kevin? Did you... What, how did you respond to the way they answered questions? You know, I feel as if there were moments where both of them kind of skirted around and gave, I don't want to sound, uh, I don't want to say this, but I can't think of anything else. They gave what is considered the po politician Political answer. Political soundbite kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I don't know if, if we got concrete details on certain things, especially when we're talking about crime or how we're going to revitalize the east side. I still left there thinking, wow, we still need something more concrete out of either candidate, to be quite frank with you. I think the other thing, and we've talked about this since we had both candidates on the podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago, is that um, different the different candidates uh, have different preferences. It seems like in terms of uh, environment, um, one candidate does does better in the more public forum. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. And then the other candidate, and, and you know, I don't know if we wanted to go maybe better in a more intimate setting kind of situation. Certainly. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. And, I, and I think uh, last night was was a was Further a reinforcement. Proof of that. Of that. Yes. Yeah. Certainly. Certainly. I think one thing that stood out to me though, um, you saw you heard a lot of cheers and jeers in the crowd, but a lot of folks really, really, uh, there was a grumbling in the crowd of of cheers and 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 oohs and ahs when we talked about. Um, the campaign smearing or some of the ads you right. see. Now that's something that really, uh, I thought, captivated the audience. The audience, I don't know if you could hear it on TV, for those of you who watched on TV or via social media, but in the crowd, <laughs> you can certainly hear folks speaking up about that, especially when they accuse Jolie of, uh, of, of coming for Quentin, if you will, right. in, in the campaign ads. We ran that this morning on 41 Action News today. That was an audience question that Stephen Dial asked to the two of them that he got from the audience. Uh, and her res response was something to the effect of, during a campaign, you have to show differences between you and opponent. And that's that's what happens sometimes. That was her response to that kind of question. So um, obviously just a few days left. And, you know, Sam mentions our podcast. Good reminder, if you're still thinking about trying to decide who you're going to vote for, we did a podcast with both of them earlier, uh, a couple, say, a month ago. And that's available on a, a previous edition of 41 Files. We had both of them in studio go and listen to that. And they were able to talk about some of the same things they talked about last night, but also some just personal things and stories with the, the two of them. So that was great, too. Uh, this has definitely been a smorgasbord of topics today. I love um, it. Another breaking news story is the Garmin co-founder passed away. Garmin is based uh, in the KC in area. Olathe. In Olathe. Yeah, mm -hmm. So more news, a lot of news wow. today. So lots of things. And again, I, I want to pivot back to what we were talking about. We've mentioned a couple of times now that we are in the 41 Action News newsroom for the first time uh, doing this. Uh, Sam, explain to our listeners 
why we're here and how it's possible to be doing this podcast sitting in the middle of the newsroom. So we have uh, four podcasts, and we've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. And most of our, all of our podcasts that we had done for 41 Files previous to today um, are in the 41 Action News podcast studio. Yeah. That's the one that has mood lighting. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, it has uh, crackers, uh, um, a wine tasting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Wait, I missed that Lindsay, one. Well, Lindsay that Shively um, restocks <laughs> the fridge yeah. with wines uh, and stuff. And so our, our she's ignoring me. <laughs> I'm not sure that she's paying attention, despite the fact that we're in her space. Okay. Um, but uh, uh, our partners over at the Screen on the Spot podcast um, are are in the podcast studio right now, uh, taping their episode. Um, and so we decided uh, uh, to give the mobile podcast board a uh, uh, an inaugural run in the newsroom. Conceivably, we could take this thing on the road, right, and go do a podcast <laughs> from someplace else. We could we could be wherever we can get power. Okay, that's, that's the only thing. We, so maybe not, be, maybe not too rural of a of a location. Well, but we could, a, if we had a generator or something, generation like that, and or, a long extension cord, we right, can yeah, we can go yeah. from any place. Or, or if we had like a like a solar panel. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, just to recap, um, because I did it again, <laughs> just walked away in the middle of a podcast. Uh-huh. Um, I was doing an interview with Kansas Senior Senator Pat Roberts, who's yes. the chair of the Agricultural Committee. So today, of any politician, he's the most excited about the USDA's offices moving here. Just really brief, he said um, that the federal government's priority is to get those people here ASAP. Um, The bulk of the jobs are people relocating, not necessarily new jobs for people living in this area to apply for. But there has been some controversy over uprooting people who have been at those locations, those jobs in other states who may not want to move here. Okay. And so, of course, Senator Roberts saying, you know, we'll definitely put applications out for people uh, who are interested in those jobs. But like I mentioned earlier, federal government offered $26 million in incentive moving packages yeah. uh, to those employees to move here. So he's excited. He couldn't tell me on the record some uh, possible locations, but we have some source information. So look for that tonight on Good. 41 Action News. That's real 41 Action News reporter typing you're hearing from Sarah Plate because she put her microphone yeah, put down. Mic I'm doing a lot keyboard. of work. So we're we're obviously, as Stephen said, we had a lot of topics in this one, but we have one more before you walk away, Stephen Dial. This is okay. Stephen Dow's last podcast with 41 Action News. I'm putting you on the spot, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're wrapping up soon. What's 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 next for you? Yeah, man. I remember when we first started this for more uh, than a year ago. Brighton's Watch, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, Kansas City's been great. I've gained weight from the barbecue and the beer. <laughs> um, not good to drink craft beer if you like to gain weight, um, <laughs> but uh, I really enjoyed it here. The people are awesome. Um, I took an opportunity in Dallas, Texas, going to Taylor Country. Um, kind That's of. its unofficial name is Taylor Country. Taylor the, Country. The entire state. And so, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what Texas brings. Um, their po- political scene is a little different. Uh, you know, here I was blessed to cover two legislatures. Um, but it's going to be fun. I'm going to miss you guys. And invite. Aww. I'll do a phoner any day. Just well, hit me we'll up. have to hit you up for that next Wednesday after the mayoral race. <laughs> so my, my question to you is you are going to have to make a decision once you go down to Texas of who actually has better barbecue. Yes. Because if you say it's us, if, if it's you us, say well, down. if you say that in Texas, right, you might I'm lose some trouble. sources. That but is then true. Uh, if you if you convert to Texas You're dead to us. You, that offer for phoner may not Well, uh, has the Texas boy ever did you ever say if Kansas City barbecue is better than Texas barbecue? I have said <laughs> on the record that I have found Kansas City barbecue to be better. <gasps> oh, just barely. <laughs> and I, and I, I, but I will offer this caveat, and I don't mind saying this if people can get mad at me, they can. 
I've yet to find here brisket as much as as good mm. as Texas brisket. That's I what happen I've heard too. I happen to like brisket better in I Texas like brisket. Th- than I have found here. I've had some great mm-hmm. brisket, but not quite to the level of what I'm used to in Texas. Overall barbecue, though, I I think so far I, I like it. I heard, awesome. I heard in Texas in some um, Dia Wall, you know. Dallas uh, native. Yes. Um, and so some sports people and other people who she's worked with have already been tweeting at me about barbecue. Uh, one of, I can't think of his name, but one of the guys used to work in Kansas City. And um, and he said, in Texas, it's about the meat. In Kansas City, it's about the sauce. Well, I don't know. I don't know. That's fair. But yeah, I, I'm It's all good. I mean, it's all yeah. really good. I'm well, a gain weight regardless. So. Well, we love you, <laughs> and we're going to miss you, but we're excited for you and what all is going to bring. So uh, thank you so much for all your contributions, both on air and on podcast air. Thank you. All right, Sam, anything else we have to do? And I think we covered 87 topics today. Is there anything else we need to talk about? <clears throat> I, I think we're good. And, Beautiful. And, uh, well, actually, no, we should. We should. We have a couple of people who are listening to the recording, uh-huh. and we can say whatever we want to say about them because they don't have a microphone right. to, uh, to talk back. <laughs> Correct. Uh, but uh, Summer always brings um, new faces to the newsroom, and, and we have a couple of people from the University of – or at, Graduated from the University of Kansas and the University of Colorado Boulder, mm-hmm. um, who are part of a, uh, a Scripps National Program, uh, abbreviated JCP. They're not interns; they're employees of the of the station, and they're just beginning their careers. Um, hopefully, long careers as as journalists. And and uh, you know, w- I was talking to them earlier this week, and they were both uh, big podcast listeners. So I thought that it would be appropriate to. Uh, Invite them to listen to the stuff. Yeah. It's Lauren yep. and Caitlin, right? Is it too? Well, we we are very glad that you're listening, and we're very glad you can't talk. Is really. Yeah, they did help with the forum yesterday. So, uh, I, I hope you've enjoyed hearing a little bit of sounds of the newsroom. You know, who knows? We might take this on the road some more. If you've got great ideas for places we should come, let us know. You never know what might happen with Forty One Files. But for another edition, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Don't mind us. We're podcasting live from the newsroom. John, John, you want to get on my mic and say Gloria or something? Gloria. Gloria.